Welcome to the Christian Coach Podcast, where our mission is to serve coaches through conversations so they can lead like Jesus. I am Gian Lemmy, and I'm joined by my co-host, Chad Simpson. Hey, Chad. Hey, Gian. Chad, season two, that is unbelievable. We started this uh, podcast during the pandemic, and, you know, by miracles of God, it became it became a success in that first season already, and I'm so excited for season two. We had so many great guests. What, what are you thinking about season two altogether? Yeah, Gian, you did an amazing job, reached out to uh, a lot of great coaches. Um, I've listened to a few of them already, and I know the coaches are just going to love it. Yeah, um, this year we we expanded it a lot more. Like our first season, we, we, we used a lot of our networking, um, our close friends and contacts that we had in athletics. But this, um, this season with our reach going to high school coaches and superintendents and more ADs and strength and conditioning coaches, we're able to get a, a great variety of coaches and great variety of messages and, and life lessons. And I'm so excited to share. Before we get into our first guest, um, we want to give um, the listener a little update on Chad. Chad, can you give us a little update on what's going on in your life? Yeah, so I'm uh, super excited uh, following, following the Lord down a different path. Um, we're restarting Athletes in Action's tennis ministry. It's sat dormant since 2017. And uh, my wife and I, Emily, we're, we're just so excited to, to do this, to be a, a coach to the coaches um, and just use tennis as a, as a tool to take the gospel out here in the States and, and internationally through our sports tours. So, uh, so yeah, I had a, a little time preoccupied with, with this mission and um, I'm getting on staff with AIA. And so Gian, uh, season two of this podcast, is kind of turned into the, the Gian show and uh, you have a ton of interviews um, lined up, but I'm excited to jump on here, preview them and, uh, and keep this podcast moving forward with you. Yeah. Well, what are some of the things you'll be doing with Athletes in Action um, in order, like I think there'll be some camps, right? And Xenia and, and all those things. Can you tell us a little bit more? Yeah. So we'll be based out of their headquarters up in, outside of Dayton, up in Ohio. And so we'll be in charge of just bringing in um players and coaches for tennis training but also discipleship training there on site um and then we'll just be a, a missionary chaplain be present at, at college matches uh professional events just trying to uh build a lot of trust a lot of relationships and and share the gospel um as we go and then we'll take players overseas there's been a long rich history of uh tennis players being impacted by going overseas and then and then coming back to their campuses is on fire for Christ. And so that's the, the goal uh, with AI. We just want to win, build, and send. So one good for Christ, build them up, and then just send out leaders uh, across the world. That's great. That's great. And alongside with that, we have some big news, Chad. Tomorrow or today, um, as you're listening, um, the Christian Coach community is live on Patreon. Um, we, we went back and forth on how we wanted to continue to build this community that we've had through the podcast and if you're a faithful listener, you remember last year we did a survey and a lot of the feedback we got was that a lot of coaches um, lack a, a sense of community. So they might be a, a Christian coach in a secular university or high school, public high school, um, and they don't have that the surrounding of, of Christian coaches to encourage them and to, to you know, push them forward in their faith. Um, and so we decided to start a community. Um, we're using Patreon, which is a website that will host this community. Um, and there's two tiers. One tier um, is, 
you get to listen to the you get to watch the video version of our podcast chad as well as after the prayer each guest stayed a little longer and answer an extra question um, and you get to listen to that question as well um, and then the next year over is the true community where we have a, a community group text as well through telegram the texting app as well as weekly devotionals um, you'll still get the, the video version of the podcast with the extra question and then we're also going to be doing some monthly live streams sometimes it's just going to be me and you chat sometimes we'll have some guests over and i'm just so excited to continue to push this forward um, and continue to encourage coaches to to be a part of something bigger than themselves right and We don't want to substitute the church. I think every coach should still continue to to seek out a home church wherever they're living. But we want to provide a support group of like-minded coaches um, in order for us all to learn from each other and sometimes even network. Um, if if you if you see an opening in your own university or you're looking for jobs, then we have that community already of of coaches who we know who we are doing this for. Um, and so it's on Patreon. The website will be linked in the show notes. Um, but Chad, let's transition now to, to our episode. Yeah, um, tell me about it. Corey Close, UCLA women's basketball coach. Chad, I am so thankful that she took the time. She actually woke up very early um, to do this podcast since she's in the West Coast. And it was such a thoughtful interview. What were some of the things that you want to tease out to our listeners? Yeah, The things that stick out, Jim, uh, first was just uh, her her quiet time to start the day. Uh, I loved hearing how she journals and she details that. Um, her vulnerability, I think, Chad, to me, was um, the main thing of this conversation. She talked about so many things, and you mentioned journaling was one of them. Um, she talked about her prayer circles um, that she learned through Mark Batterson, and I also do those. Um, but... It, Listener, you you listen through the whole episode that she's so vulnerable with her answers and and you can truly see that she understands her need for a savior. And I think if we all can do that on a daily basis, we'll all become better coaches, better husbands, wives, sons, daughters, um, just better um, followers of Christ and, and people who are truly doing it for the right reasons. Um, coach, we're so excited for this conversation. And remember, if you want to listen to the extra question um, that we asked uh, Corey Close. She actually talked about being mentored by John Wooden. And so if you want to listen to that question, go to Patreon. The link is on the show notes and we can't wait for you to hear that. Coach Corey Close, what an honor to have you here on the Christian Coach Podcast. We, we always start every episode with the same question and that is, what does it mean to you to be a Christian coach? Uh, I think it, uh, what it means to me is, uh, to be broken and vulnerable and, uh, on a journey, uh, with the people that I get to surround myself with. And, uh, you know, I, I, it's hard, you know, to be honest with you, it's hard for me to answer that question because, uh, to be a Christian coach, um, I, I just don't know if I separate myself out that way. It's hard to do that. I think I'm on a journey to uh, abide in the vine, so to speak, just like, you know, um, everyone I'm around. And so um, I think it's, for me, it's just uh, living today, uh, trying to live, I'm, I'm studying Colossians right now and in Christ, right? 
um, trying to live in him and, and not do for him, but to live in him, to abide in the vine and to let him create the fruit that he desires. And so um, I, I just think it's not much more than that uh, to, to, uh, to um, confess that I need him every day and, uh, and that, I, I, that I'm just so thankful for the gospel and that uh, I pray, put at the top of my pretty much prayer journal every morning, three things. One is uh, help me to be an uh, uncommon transformational um, coach or kingdom, an uncommon kingdom transformational coach and help me to uh, be a fruit bearer and to become love today. And if I can do those things, um, I don't want to, I don't want to love as a doing, I want to become it. And uh, because of what God's doing from in me from the inside out and I fall short of that every day. Um, but I don't know, that's a long answer to your short question, but it's hard for me to define because it's really I, what I want it to be. It isn't always what I want it to be is an outpouring and overflowing of um, my own experience of what it means to be uh, saved by grace. Yeah. Well, thank you. That, that was such a great answer. I'm already taking notes. Um, <laughs> the, the, the one thing you, you talked about journaling and I'm a big journaler. Um, what kind of what what role does journaling play in your faith life as well as just your professional life as well, and and how did you develop it? Well, I developed it because I'm totally ADD, so um, I either need to be speaking out loud or I need to be writing it because if not, every bird that goes by, every everything, I'm going to be, uh, you know, a mess. Um, you know, let me start professionally. I'm sitting here at my dining room table, which has uh, turned into my home office. But, um, you know, I have a, just a bunch of journals that I carry with me everywhere. So I'm watching the NBA game last night and, uh, you know, I'm writing down ideas or things that I do. Or uh, if I'm in a, I'm having a meeting with a player, I pretty much just all our staff meetings, I just go through it so I know where to go back to. And I really dug deep into that, um, especially in the pandemic, because we were doing everything remotely. So I needed to have a central place to go back to. Um, but I try to just do the same thing. Uh, separately in the morning with my um, prayer journal. And I don't always do it. Um, I try to at least probably five days a week, try to make sure I'm doing that. But um, it's, I, I it, it really does. It's about me keeping my mind present. Um, but it's not, um, you know, I try to one day a week, try to go a little deeper and a little longer. Um, but I, um, every day, I pretty much um, I write a verse at the top that I'm trying to really meditate on. Um, and then I write 10 things I'm thankful for, 10 truths I'm, I want to anchor my life by. It's really just praising him for the character of who he is and, and for God in my life. Then I have, um, uh, I call it my circles, um, the things I'm praying for consistently um, uh, based on Draw the Circle by Mark Batterson about yep. prayer. And then I have a 10 things of confession and character. Um, that just trying to really get before God about what I want to do on the inside of my heart. So that's what I try to do. Um, and it, when I, when I do that, I find I'm a whole lot better off. Um, but, uh, I will admit as it's seven 15 this morning on the West coast, I didn't get to all that this morning. I did. <laughs> my uh, fault. Did, I'm sorry. That's okay. But I did read, I did uh, read a little bit and I did, uh, uh, do a little bit of my devotional, but I did not finish that routine in my prayer journal in yeah. all authenticity here well i might i might be your counterpart in uh, in the east coast so i have a journal and mm -hmm. i even have uh come on let me pull it up 
faster. If you can see prayer circles from our oh, yeah. <laughs> I love it. So yes, um, that, that's been a very impactful book for me. Um, and the, I love the 40 day journal by Mark Patterson along with that. And I, yeah. I are not the journal, the devotional. And devotional, it's yeah. really, it, that has been one of probably the most impactful prayer book I've read in a long time. Yeah. Um, and you mentioned that you take notes while watching NBA games. Did you, did you take any notes yesterday about a pick play for a, an alley-oop for the win? <laughs> I did. Uh, um, but uh, yes, but it helps to be able to grab the jersey, throw them into the guy, you know. And uh, But I'll tell you, I, I did not well, – I admire most of all in that play was the pass by Crowder out of bounds. Yes. That, if yeah. you were playing horse and you tried to make that pass 10 times – yeah. perfectly or you know whatever i mean if you're just in the backyard doing that you wouldn't be able to do it that perfectly uh, you know maybe yeah. one out of ten times and so yeah. um i always say that x's and o's are really easy away from the ball but who can pass it to make it all happen that's yeah. the that's the lost art in my opinion yeah. i think that also equates to just life you know we just hear when we read so many books and it can be even christian books but if we don't know how to apply them to our lives they're pointless yeah, it's sort of like faith without works is dead, right? Yeah, that's so, yeah, that's yeah, true. I think that's that's very true. Yeah, so. um, I even I also watch sporting events with my journal on, and this year I I decided I was gonna write down in my journal one question every day, just a question that pops up in my mind during the day. It could mm -hmm. be faith related, it could be job related, anything. And I have and I show it to a lot of people, but it's. On, on Super Bowl Sunday, the question was, how does Tom Brady do it? That's it. <laughs> That's the only question there. It's incredible. I <laughs> and know. sometimes they're very deep questions. Sometimes it's like, how, how is that possible? <laughs> well that's pretty much like jesus right i mean he sometimes he had these deep profound things yep. and sometimes it was you know jesus wept or whatever yep. but you know um but i think uh, i think that's that's pretty cool i like that speaking of that tom brady's niece plays on our football our uh, softball team That's here right. in UCLA and uh, he did uh, some zooms with him and he works out here actually uh, in the summer sometimes but uh, at UCLA but man he's incredible so yeah. but that's a pretty good question how does it <laughs> you answer that uh, make sure you uh, send the information my way yeah sounds good um, all right coach let's go back now to a young Corey growing up in California um, if you had told her that now you would be the UCLA head coach um, and finding success, um, mm -hmm. earning your position. Uh, what would she have said? Uh, who? That's what <laughs> she uh, I really never thought that I would become a college coach. It was not on my radar at that time. Um, you know, I grew up in Northern California. My dad was a, a high school teacher and a coach of mine growing up. I uh, they also, I'm the only one um, in my family that didn't go on staff with an organization called Young Life. Hmm. Um, so Young Life is a ministry uh, to unchurched junior, uh, junior high and high school kids predominantly. They do have other um, ministries as well, but that's the central part of their ministry. But honestly, I thought I would do something maybe in Young Life, maybe high school coaching or whatever else. So if you had told me that I would be uh, at UCLA coaching that I would have been, you know, had the opportunity to be mentored by John Wooden, I would have said you were absolutely crazy. And honestly, it's a, that's a great question for me to reflect on because 
in the heat of what we're doing right now and on the busyness. And I'll admit to you, even yesterday, I had sort of a, I'm not going to, I just had a, a, a frustrating day. And, uh, and what I, what I need to do is realize, okay, think about it. <laughs> I'm, what am I doing? What am I struggling with? Everyone's struggles and feelings are real and I'm not trying to deny those, but, um, but it's good for me to just pause and go, wow, if you had told my five-year-old, eight-year-old self that I would be doing this, I would have been ecstatic. So uh, thanks for the question and the perspective today, because honestly, I needed it. <laughs> well, you're welcome. Um, how did you start into basketball? Was basketball life from a very young age, or did you come later in life? Well, I would say sports were life. Um, I actually was a better soccer player than I was a basketball player. Hey, me too. Moment, I'm a better soccer player than tennis. Really? <laughs> yeah. What position in soccer did you play? I was a, I was more of a striker. I wasn't very uh, skilled with the ball, mm -hmm. but I was, I had a killer instinct to just one, two touches. I can, I can put in the back of the net. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, I was um, not as fast, but I was, I had the same sort of aggression level and I played striker as well. Um, but at that time, there weren't as many scholarships for women in soccer. So there were probably three times the amount of scholarships available in basketball than in soccer. I actually thought I was going to go, I was pretty set just to go to Wheaton College, uh, Division three school outside of uh, Chicago. And, and, and that would have been fine. My dad played football there. Um, my sister went to Westmont College, um, you know, Christian school in Santa Barbara. So you know, I, I sort of thought that was the path I was going down. And uh, one of my high school, the high school boys coach, who also was, we went to the same church and they, he lived three houses from me. He's like, Corey, you really need to go to this exposure camp. Um, it's called Blue Star. And I want you to go to this just for the weekend, just try it out, you know? And so um, he took me down there and uh, I went to the camp and evidently I did okay. I, I actually was not that heavily recruited out of high school, but I did well at that camp and I got offers from like Pepperdine and obviously UC Santa Barbara where I went and um, some of the schools on the, you know, on the West Coast, um, sort of the WCC level coach uh, programs. And, uh, you know, I obviously really fell in love with the philosophy of Mark French, who I played for at UC Santa Barbara and did that. And that was a really life changing experience for me. But I really never thought I, I really I didn't know that I was going to go down that path of basketball. I loved sports in general. I was the only girl in my neighborhood. And so whatever sport, you know, whether it was be football in the street on a Sunday afternoon after church or whatever it was. If I wanted to have any friends, I better get on board with the sports deal. So um, I sort of came by it naturally. And um, but I really do love all sports. In fact, I still sit on the bench uh, with the UCLA women's soccer team. And uh, <laughs> and I, Amanda Cromwell is a good friend of mine and she lets me sit on the bench and she says I can yell at the refs more than her. So that's why she <laughs> keeps me around. But um, but I really love all sports. I, I'm just a, I think it's just such an incredible opportunity to learn so much to experience so much as within a, a team setting and so I'm, I'm really just a sports fan at yeah. heart yeah and how, how did you come into a relationship with Christ where did you grow up in a Christian home I did so yeah you know so my parents were on Young Life staff that's how they met and then um, it really they really I was really lucky they um, they really did uh you know, live, live out their relationship with Jesus, uh, you know, as a lifestyle. Um, 
you know, we had, uh, we actually, my older sister, we ended up adopting from our young life club and needed a home. And, um, you know, we just, they, they were really unbelievable community builders and they, um, they went into the areas that other people didn't really want to go in. And, uh, and so that's honestly, it's been a huge influence into my coaching is the way that my parents sort of lived out life, um, in, in, in Christ. And so, um, yeah, I think I'm really lucky that way, but one of the downsides of growing up into a Christian home, um, is you can learn really, really quickly what the right things to say are check the boxes, you know, um, and do a lot of the right things, but not understand what it means to surrender, to be broken, to understand your need for Jesus, like how deeply, what am I, the depth of my depravity, so to speak. And I would say that I, I've known Christ from an early age. I've had a relationship with him, but in terms of um, starting um, a surrendered, um, you know, relationship with him, that really didn't start until my freshman year of college when I ruptured my Achilles tendon. Because up until that point, on the outside, I looked pretty good. Um, I could, you know, say all the right things, but internally, basketball was definitely at that point in my life, my God. It's where I got the most of my identity from. And, um, and I remember um, that I got a letter from someone that was sort of in my village growing up that helped raise me. And she wrote me a letter and said, sometimes when you're a real doer, that God allows you to come to the end of your rope so that your only choice is to let go and let him catch you. And so um, I would say that freshman year of college, after I ruptured my Achilles tendon, that I start a more um, surrendered, intimate, personal relationship and journey with Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um, how easy you think it is, you, you probably now it's a little easier in this today's society to make our sport God, even as coaches, right? But even for our young kids working now. I think it's really easy. I think it happens. I think it will happen, to be honest with you. It'll be at least an idol um, uh, and best case scenario. I still struggle with that. I think it's, you know, uh, Andy Stanley says some tensions are meant to be managed. Some are meant to be solved. I think that's a tension that's meant to be managed, right? Yeah. I think this side of heaven, we're probably not going to solve that. But like, what are those things that are taking the throne of our heart and of our lives that we don't even realize? And I think unless we actively set our minds otherwise that's exactly what it'll become our yeah. sport will become our god our identity uh our our distraction um you know where we you know it's and it's and i would say our our money uh, is the other one right if i would say status um and titles and then money and i would actually add busyness um you know that that just that it just can be for me my, my life can get on such a treadmill that uh, I don't even realize it. But honestly, that pace of life almost becomes an idol too. It makes you feel important, you know, yeah. as, as silly as that sounds. Um, I know that's been a tension that I've had to manage in my own life. Yeah. And even I, this might sound odd, but as I was doing research on you, I Googled Corey Close and Google suggestions were, Corey Close titles, Corey Close salary, nothing like Corey Close personal story, you know, and, <laughs> and huh. I think it's, it's, you know, society just cares about those things that, that, you know, have no value, you know, have, you know, no uh, eternal value whatsoever. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And, but I'll tell you, 
I think it's tempting, right? For me as a believer, you know, just like Google says that it's easy yeah. for, for me in my own mind and heart to be like, Oh, you know, let me define that by my, you know, status, my pay, my, yeah. um, whatever titles, uh, wins. Um, you know, I think, I think that when God tells us to set our minds, I always tell our players, it, it's not mind hope. It's not mind Maybe it's mindset. Like you've got to <laughs> set it there and you can't carry it over to the next That's day. Right. And so, um, but I think if, if I don't do that, um, then I'll define my life just like Google. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's so true. Um, during as after I pat, got past the first page of Google, um, <laughs> I, 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 I looked at your bio and, and saw that, you know, before you were UCLA, you, you were Florida state, right? Mm-hmm. Another big program, ACC. Mm-hmm. Um, my question is actually, how did, did you have any trouble transitioning from a big program in the East coast now to a big program in the West coast? How was that actual transition? Um, a lot of coaches in college and high school, they're so moving, so, so much moving around. Right. Yeah. And, if there was a, a transfer portal for coaches, it would be just as packed as the athlete transfer portal. It's uh, true. And Which, how, how did you, did you struggle with that? Um, how did you handle that move? Well, I've actually moved less than most coaches. Um, you know, I've, I was two years at UCLA, nine years at uh, UC Santa Barbara, where I played seven at Florida state and now 10 here. And actually in the coaching world, that's not as much, it's not as uh, a lot, not as much transferring as, yeah. uh, as a lot of other people, but it's part of it is because I really, uh, it just rips my heart out when I have to leave, like wherever I am, I'm just fully invested there and there's strengths to that, but there's also weaknesses to that. Um, but I, um, I, I remember coming here at the worst part I hate that I just hate. And now I'm going through it again after the pandemic and being online is finding a new church. I just, it just drives me bananas. So that's my least favorite thing about moving. Um, but I think that coming back to LA, you know, I had been at, even though I was at UC Santa Barbara, I'd been in Southern California for, you know, 15 years, really, when you talk about my playing career, UCLA, and then going back to UC Santa Barbara. So coming from Florida State to UCLA was not as hard as going from UC Santa Barbara to, to Tallahassee, Florida. Okay. Um, that one was just a... It, I loved it. It was great, but it was just such a lifestyle shift, you know, moving to the South and people think of Tallahassee and you think, Oh, that's like Miami. It's nothing like that. It's like South Georgia. And, and I absolutely loved it. Um, honestly, uh, Sue Simrau was really um, the one who taught me what it looks like to be a Christian coach in this whole thing. And how do you do that? And, um, and she, she just taught me so much. We could have a whole podcast on how all she taught me. So, um, but moving there culturally was a shift and it, it just was a lot. Um, but moving is hard for me. I think part of it too, is I'm single. God hasn't brought me a husband yet. And so, um, I think that trying to do really develop authentic community and what does that look like as a single person? How do you do it outside your job? Uh, what does that look to like to integrate, but also, I mean, it's just a lot, it's a lot to sort of sift through. So it's a pro it's a process I do not enjoy. Um, but I do think it's always good because it makes you sort of press the restart button and it says, okay, uh, does my life reflect my priorities? And now that I'm moving, what needs to shift? How do I need to, how do I need to make some changes there to do better on that front? So, 
that that's sort yeah. of what that well is. that that's great that's great thank you i think yeah i think a lot of coaches struggle with that right and moving the family and then i think the key is finding a church right and then yeah. building that community and so um thank you for sharing you've mentioned um the word broken a lot of times in that conversation what what does that mean to you um and can you just ex expand expound a little bit more on what it means to being a broken christian well i think um <clears throat> I think, you know, God is, is just so contrary to where our society is and, you know, where our society wants to show what we have out all together and in social media and in, in our all kinds of different ways. And, um, but I, I, I want to be a, I want to lead, I want to love and lead well. And I, I don't want to, I remember praying when I was at uh, Florida State, I asked God, give me a vision that um, for doing this co coaching thing, that if you don't show up, there's no chance it happens, you know, and um, be, be careful what you pray for, because God has definitely done that. And it is really hard because yeah. when you try to do it in your own strength, it really falls apart because that's not how the vision was designed. The vision yeah. was designed for me to just be a conduit, that it's not mine to love people that are different than me that uh, disagree with me, um, to love and lead people really well and to, to execute this uncommon kingdom transformational vision that God gave me. But there's no chance it happens without God's um, sovereignty, his, his hand, uh, his, his, um, that he's in control and it's his and not mine. And, and believe me, sometimes I try to take it back, you know, and, <laughs> um, and it doesn't work out very well. But I think the, the reality is for me, there's my life verse is that is second Corinthians um, 12, where it talks about when Paul asked um, God to remove the thorn from his side and three times he asked him and God says, God told Paul, no, for my grace is sufficient for you. And my power is made perfect in my week in your weakness. And then I love Paul's response. Then I will boast all the more of my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. And so that's really what I want. And I get a little choked up about it because um, I fall short all the time. Sorry. No. Take your time. The reality is I am broken, period. And I need Jesus. And uh, I think um, um, I'm probably in the most challenging season of my leadership in uh in terms of the last couple of years and probably the next couple of years and so um and i think the reality is is that um i i i need to just sit with him more and go god i just i can't do this i can't do this without you but that's okay and it's okay because i know that's where your power comes in and it rests on me and i think the reality of um of uh the, the of being a this level coach and all that's going on is that um it's just so easy to try to substitute other things for christ's power yeah. and um the re the what i want is but god moments in my coaching career i want but god i want to look it up and go man you know but, but god that's it without him that doesn't happen and the reality of trying to, to live in that space is, 
it's uh it's really hard um and it's sometimes really lonely um but it's um the only way to execute a vision that may they see our good works but praise our father in heaven and that's the only way to do it yeah yeah i i talked to another coach that said um when i try i fail when i trust uh you know god succeeds um and so um it's um it's it's a and i think uh, it, it it's true a lot of the outside world looks at Christians and expects us to be perfect. And I think that's right. a lot of undue pressure um, on us um, when the whole point we're Christians is that we understand that we are broken <laughs> and we need, and we need Christ to save us. Yeah. Well, and I think in this time um, I'm really, I'm more passionate about that than ever. Um, whether or not it's uh coaching, you know, I'm a white leader and I coach a sport that's the most diverse sport in all of college athletics. And, um, you know, what does it look like for me to be a white leader and to enter into that space and to understand better and, uh, and to just be, to have humility or what does it look like in the areas of, you know, um, you know, sexual identity? What does it look like in the areas of, you know, just status on wins and losses? I mean, name it. And, you know, that's where Jesus walked, right? He didn't walk. He didn't stay in the temple all the time. He didn't, he went into, he, he, he entered in. And I honestly think the church is really failing in this right now, to be honest with you, that we don't know how to bridge and go, okay, I, Jesus didn't have, like, he had all the answers, but he didn't go in trying to, to give all the answers. He get, he went in to, to love, to listen Um, You know, look at how he handled the woman at the well. Look at, um, you know, yes, he did. He was angry and he was holy and he turned over some tables and, you know, all that. But if you look at the the context of his whole ministry, what did he do most often? He went into the, you know, with the where the lepers at no one else would touch them. He went and touched them whenever he I mean, fill in the blanks. And I think in our society right now, the people are looking at the church and they're like, you're the dividers. You're more polarizing than anyone. And, and I think you can stand in obedience and holiness and still be a bridge builder and love people with intentionality right where they are. Even if, even if you disagree. Yeah. Well, coach close. Thank you so much for, for sharing your story and being vulnerable and uh, taking the time to be here, waking up early um yeah i I appreciate the the willingness to 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 record with us how can we be praying for you Mm. uh well i i think the reason i got emotional is that i i'm really in a space where i just i I can't i know i can't do it there's just too much there's too many plates spinning right now and it's good stuff i mean i i love my team i love my staff i love that i get to coach with usa basketball I love that I get a chance to lead in the space with the Women's Basketball Coaches Association, but right now I am spent. I'm really, I'm tired and, uh, and I'm trying to do, um, it's a lot right now and I'm not sure there's much I can say no to at the moment, but um, I know that God uh, is not going to give me more than I, can, than I can bear, but having to be able to do it in, in Christ, in his strength, in a broken way that allows his power to rest on me. That would be my biggest prayer request. Sounds good. All right, let's pray. Dear Jesus, um, Lord, thank you that, that, that you've come to, um, to save us, Lord, that to, to, to show us what true love means. And 
that you have mercy on us when we fall short day in and day out every every single um, day lord we, we know we fall short and that's why we need you in our lives um, lord thank you for coach close and all the stops that she's had and the impact she's had in the lives of young women through the, the game of basketball and through the relationships she's had with staffs all, all over, Lord. I pray that you, 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 you ease her, her burden right now, Lord. Um, she, she says she's tired and, and she, she doesn't know where she can say no to, you know, in, in areas of her life, Lord. I pray that you, you just give her guidance, that she'll stay grounded on you, Lord. Um, we know that if she, if she chooses to trust in you, Lord, that, that, that guidance will come. Lord, so we, so we pray a circle around her today, Lord, and that, that you will put people in her life that, that will help her through this decision making, that, that will help her get through this, this stage of life that we know, you know, life is cyclical and everything is seasons, uh, Lord, that, that you will be, be right next to her every step of the way. In your name I pray. Amen. 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 That, uh, that was one of my, my all-time favorite episodes, Jean. Uh, so thankful for Coach Close, um, for her vulnerability, just being real with you and, uh, and all of us listening. Um, I think my, one of my favorite things was just her very first answer. I loved what she shared about what it means to be a Christian coach. And it's just uh, John 15, abiding with Christ. And uh, it kind of reminded me of when you and I, decided to, uh, to have the hashtag uh, coach with Christ. You know, we were kind of throwing some different things around coach for Christ, coach for Jesus and just coach, coach with Christ um, resounded. And uh, it really speaks to my heart when I think about it on um, just this idea, you know, maybe you'd heard this before, but if we have this bottle and we go to the river each day and fill up our bottle and then we take it around the rest of the day, um, eventually it goes empty. But if we approach this river and just throw our bottle into the river and let the river take us everywhere throughout the day, uh, I think that's what it means to coach with Christ and let, let Christ um, take us where he wants and really just abide with Christ uh, throughout the day. Yeah, that's, that's so true, Chad. Um, the one thing that stood out to me, Chad, was the quote by Andy Stanley that she used. Um, about there are some tensions that are meant to be solved and there are some tensions that are meant to be managed. Um, and she was talking about um, winning, becoming an idol for coaches. And I think we all struggle with that, regardless of the division, the level that we coach at, um, the sport that we coach at. I think we all struggle because it's a necessity of our job is to win matches or games. But at the same time, that cannot be the, 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 in the forefront of our minds on a regular basis. And that quote really stood out to me. I'm, I'm sure I'm going to be using that a lot with my players and the coaches that I'm working with. Um, but coach, again, the next, the extra question um, for Corey Close was, what is it? Uh, how, how was she met, uh, mentored by John Wooden? And it was such a great answer. She went into great lengths to explain it and to answer it so well. We're so thankful for Corey Close um, and, and coaches, listeners. Next week, we're going to have a strength and conditioning coach whose team just won a national championship this, uh, this spring. We can't wait to, uh, to, to share with you next week. And uh, remember, coach, the mission field is right where you're at. <laughs>